Well, hey everyone, we are back here once again with another episode of the Iron Man podcast, episode 192 with uh, Mr. Vagabond, actually. And we did a one-on-one on my original one-on-one show, which was the Batman podcast, but we ended up losing that one due to unforeseen circumstances due to uh, YouTube striking down the main channel because of hate speech. Why would they ever do that, man? I'm such a nice person. I, I would never say anything bad about anyone. Maybe. Just depends. But uh, what's up, man? How are you doing? Yeah, another much. Just uh, getting ready for the next week. Really? You oh, you sound so excited, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, just working on some grants with a friend. Well, a friend hit me up not too long ago about some grants we're going to work on in San Diego, even though I'm not in San Diego. <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, let's start here with your uh your origin story. Cause people people like know you because you're like, you know, in the East Coast now, but you're actually not really from the East Coast. You actually just moved there. You're actually yeah. from California. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um born and raised in San Diego. Uh, mm-hmm. moved to Georgia to, uh with my uh pretty much my ex and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and haven't moved out. Yeah, so well, you always give the story. So for anyone new that's watching, what were you doing in uh, San Diego after you graduated? You went, you, went, you went to school, right? You went to school for like 3D art or something like that? Yeah, so um, I'm a re- basically, I got a bachelor's in video game art and design at the Art Institute of San Diego, California. Mm-hmm. And af- uh, well, right before I finished, I got an internship at a video game studio, which uh, happened to be... Um, I was under one of my teachers that was working there who was basically also my supervisor, but didn't remember I was in his class. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we worked on two mobile games at the same time uh, for one of Hasbro's biggest properties. I can't really say what the game is. Well, the two games are because of the NDA and they're going to like legal issues and stuff like that. But, um, but other than that, that was my, taste of actually being in the industry but i still got friends and people that still like in different studios i have a friend that worked in the last spider-man game um red dead redemption 2 the last halo game that came out and stuff like that and um so i, I still keep in touch with a lot of people in the industry and stuff like that so it's really weird because you always bring up the story of like when people found out how you politically align they just um they just couldn't take it which is really crazy because you know those kind of people always act like they're the nicest people in the world to you but come to find out when they find out who you politically vote for or how you politically lean their entire tune just changes isn't that crazy man <laughs> yeah um for me it wasn't really because like um because even at the time i didn't even vote i had never even planned on voting mm-hmm. um and i voted uh for Trump, the last election, basically when uh, Biden was running, and I found out that uh, uh, Kamala Harris was going to be the the running mate, I was like, "Oh hell no! Let me register the vote right now." <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, that's when I voted. Uh, if you're familiar with her track record in California, it's just really bad. As like she used to be like yeah. the top prosecutor. Um if you had like evidence to prove that you weren't at the scene or anything, she made it to where his dive was thrown out and you can't be used. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got a lot of people locked up pretty much. Uh, surprisingly, a lot of people in the black community. And 
they act like uh she's the they champion her and Biden for like um they're the anti racist or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, it was just um but yeah, like I'm politically I'm ANCAP libertarian, so I prefer really not to have a government at all. But so um, for people that are new, they don't understand what that means. What does that mean, honestly? So it stands for anarcho uh, capitalist, and mm-hmm. basically, it's where like um, basically it's like you believe like capitalism would pretty much would like with competition and stuff would pretty much mm-hmm. settle everything out. Um, when it comes, I know no roads, um, <laughs> businesses and stuff need roads mm-hmm. people need roads to travel to different places and stuff roads were being built before taxes um are really 100 percent against taxes i don't think there should be taxes on anything um so like all the people are like saying tax the rich because you know people other people are poor or whatnot uh imagine you took home more of your check that you earned each month as opposed to like um trying to take from somebody else that has nothing to do with uh your work habits or whatnot um you probably have more money and but to go spend around to whatever you need mm-hmm. like, man, like you know i feel about taxes too i think taxes is they're just complete trash for the most part like i think social security and medi-cal probably the only few that i would say i could like really get behind i think we should take care of our veterans you know it's just so terrible how they're treated for the most part like, remember, I don't know if you watched the, the GOP primary debate that happened yesterday or about a day ago. They are talking about, like, the funding for SSI might run out. Like, that's that's ridiculous, honestly. You know, or um, people have to take cutbacks on that, on their SSI checks. It's crazy, man. Yeah, um, I didn't watch – I haven't watched any of the debates. The um, mm-hmm. the last one I watched was with uh, when Trump was debating um, <laughs> uh, Biden. And oh my uh, God. Mike Pence was uh, debating um, uh, uh, Kamala Khan or Kamala Harris. I was like, no, but um, yeah. So because like I'm not uh, I'm not a Republican at all. Like there's some things yeah. I agree with, but like mm-hmm. still at the same time, like I'm not trying to have even. Um, I know they'll say for small government and stuff. I'm not even trying to have that. And um. I know there's like manarchist libertarians where they're like, they very believe in like very limited government. Um, I, I kind of have more faith in people in general. Uh, people need to work and eat uh, to survive. I think there's means of ways of like um, getting around the stuff. So, I mean, I think uh, kind of like where the founding fathers is like, we fought over a 3% tax on tea. And like, now we're just taking up the ass over, uh our income or whatever and just letting it happen and what's really weird is the people in charge are just trash for the most part they've let basically most states just get in such a bad state where no pun intended is can you even really fix them at at this certain point like some states are very good things some states are very i don't know bad at other things and yeah there's like big reliance on china uh, crime is up in places like us. Got to ask, do you miss living in California? Actually, uh, mainly for Mexican food, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, like 
so I used to even work in Mexico and stuff too. So I used to go across the border all the time back and forth. Okay. Um, and like, I mean, I've been to other countries and stuff. Like my mom's originally from the Virgin Islands. She's born in the U.S. side, but anytime I went, I went to the British side over there. So all things are different there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to Canada. Um, then I, of course, like I said, I've been to Mexico. I used to work down there mm-hmm. as well too. Uh, cause I used to work with concerts and stuff, uh, and stuff. So I used to go back and forth all the time, uh, from San Diego or whatever to, uh, Ensenada, Mexico or Tijuana. I seen the last airbender live action movie like 10 times in Spanish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God, man. Uh, so what's really interesting now when you're looking at being a libertarian is what do you think like other libertarians fail at doing? Um, I think there's a lot of people claiming to be libertarian, but don't actually believe in the values. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mainly the, the ones are, they call themselves left leaving libertarians or whatever. Um, cause it's like, okay, you gotta, um, like for instance, let's bring up racism or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And they'll believe that, okay, we have to be against racism. Cause that, uh impedes on other people's like uh i mean it doesn't really impede on any like like they think that you have to go against racism i think racism is fine um I, i'm just being honest i think because you can't like control it. other people's thoughts i believe anyone should, should be, be able to believe, freedom of thought right yeah you should be able to believe what like if you hate my guts so be it as long as it doesn't become a physical or an act of aggression, I'm perfectly fine with you being racist. Call me a nigger or whatever you want when you see me. Um, until it becomes, like, it might, I might have some words back to you or whatever, but other than that, as long as it doesn't become like anything physical or whatever, I'm perfectly fine with it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think it, um, the whole like desegregation and stuff like that, um, I know, I think it was going to happen naturally if, if the government just stayed out of it, um, you know, people, um, even people who are racist or not racist businesses see green first and foremost, and yeah. what can I do to make um, money or whatever. So, um, like the box cart act in, uh, I believe Mississippi where you got, um, different carts in this, like a train system and, to have us to have separate trains uh separate carts for white and black passengers the business would be paying way more out of pocket to produce these you know you got coal uh, moving these trains so they're heavier and stuff uh, heavier in weight so um it costs more to run more carts than you needed to right where you just let anyone on there but uh so the cart companies try to uh you know, not have let that happen. And the government forced them to create uh, separate carts, you know, um, unions, you got um, with unions, a lot of the unions anyway, is like, uh, like a lot of white um, people in the cold and stuff didn't want black people underbidding them for the jobs and stuff. So, you know, black people were getting work. So they created unions to price people out of the market. Um, so it's stuff like that. I think, uh, but if, if the government and like no intervention happens, I think things will happen naturally. Um, 
you know, if like, for instance, say you work at Walmart or whatever, and a competitor Walmart's across the street and they're paying more and like same type of work, you go over there, Walmart has to adjust their prices accordingly. And I think that's right. uh, fine with any business, like the whole increase uh, minimum wage and stuff like that, that like um, when that when the increase in minimum wage happens unnaturally, um, it causes problems. You have to raise prices on food or either you have to have less employees or the employees you do keep. They have to do more work than normal, um, you know, just stuff like that. Because. You know, I was the minimum wage thing is I used to have I used to be such a liberal on it. I used to be really liberal. I mean, honestly, I, I I used to be on the far end of the spectrum. For yeah, political, same here. Like, I used to be a straight up like communism and stuff, but um, oh, like uh, like I even own a communist manifesto. <laughs> like, you know, uh, no so. man, I I know exactly what you're talking about, man. Though the public school system really does mostly indoctrinate kids to think. Well, what, so to speak. yeah. So what it is, is like, um, in the school system, they want you to have, um, pretty much the thought process of like, okay, anyone on the left, uh, cares more about people than people on the right. Right. Yeah. And like, there's a, like a whole monopoly on caring for people where you, of course you want people, you don't like people being homeless or something like that. And so when you see like okay uh people on like the right side of things like okay well you need to get up on your own two uh you know on your own two bootstraps or whatever um and you so you're thinking like well why won't you want why don't you want to help your fellow man but then you don't realize not everyone's homeless because you know out of their bad luck or whatever you got some people they're strung out on drugs they don't want to change you got uh people some people don't want to work and just live off of welfare their whole entire lives um then even too the government punishes people for that they were on welfare um you get knocked right off once you try to do better for yourself so it's like um so it's like you know then it's like i like owning my stuff as well too that's the other thing what kind of led me into libertarian stuff is like I don't believe I should share what I worked hard for or whatever with someone else that didn't work at all or put in the two cents or put in their own effort to get what they want and then just take resources from me and whatnot. So, or does anyone else that's working hard? Cause the, no, another thing to tackle to your point, I agree with you, which is um, they also say that the left cares for the poor people and the rich is only, and the Republicans, conservatives only care for rich people, which is this, this is so untrue. It's just actually factually untrue. It actually hurts more when people are poor because they contribute less to the government, which contributes less to, which disinherently contributes less taxes, which hurts the economy. It actually sucks when people are out of work. It's actually not a good thing at all. And people just don't understand that ever, honestly. It's bad if you're out of work, honestly. It screws right. up a lot of stuff. But like, if it's not your fault, why should your income contribute to right something mm -hmm. that, or like even if you don't like, like I I don't want to see people homeless, but at the same time, I I don't like let me choose where I put my money to. I think, um, you know, if if given the opportunity, there's certain people that would donate 
to certain causes or charities to help other people out. I mean, we see that with like some Kickstarters or GoFundMe's or stuff like that. Someone's down on their luck and a community of people get together and try to bring that person up, you know? Um, so I, I, I think there's enough good people out there that are willing to help people out. It's just the government and stuff has a mono- tries to have a monopoly in who gets help or whatever by taking resources from you and just giving it to somebody else instead of letting you do that naturally or whatever. And it's really weird because everyone kind of sends their kids to public school because, you know, they got to go to work, you know, you obviously, you know, homeschooling has become more of a norm thing to do than compared to like what it used to be, you know? And it's really crazy that people are, you know, now starting to pick up on a lot of this stuff because the biggest problem with homeschool people always bring up is like your kids will be like, you know, socially introverted because, you know, they're not going to be at school, which I always find very weird. I'm like, well, the, you simply would have to change how they interact. Obviously, this is not going to be around kids. Also, sometimes being around other kids be a very bad influence, too. Like, people just well, automatically assume that being around more kids is good. And that's like, no, that could be a very bad thing, actually. Right. So it's like this. The um, the things that I wasn't allowed to do at home, I just did at school, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, or if I knew a friend that they, maybe they weren't allowed to see certain materials or stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I would show them or whatever because they're not at home or whatever, you know, it's mm-hmm. being a bad influence or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, But I mean, if you're going to homeschool your kids, there's and you think they're going to be socially awkward. There's so many that's really on the parent. There's so many like um, extra activities you can do after school or homeschooling or whatever. Um, you know, it could be martial art classes, music, uh, there's other things, venues that you can do that doesn't have to be public education where they deal and, uh, mess with other, you know, be around other people so they don't become socially awkward, like later in life. Um, like, um, like I, I always, I mean, I didn't do homeschool, but I always did like music classes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like I used to be a really good saxophone player. Um, my dad would work hard so I can take saxophone lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my, the person I was learning from was just teaching me straight up jazz. And like, if I made a wrong note, he would sock me in my arm or something like that. <laughs> or it was like, or if I mess, okay, next time you mess up, I'm going to hit you. You better not mess up. I mess up. He definitely hits me in my arm or, you know, just whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just, but there's, there's things you can do for your kids to be around other people. And then, like, even if you don't have, like, you say you work a nine to five, you, you know, um, the problem with the public education is you're allowing someone else access to your kids for over six to yeah. eight hours a day. And that there are multiple years at, at that, too. It's multiple years. They started well, at preschool, you know? Yeah. Well, it's not even six to eight hours a day because once you get homework, if you get a teacher that gives you homework, which most of us have, yeah. you know, that's more time dedicated to the school even when you're at home and like um so you're learning everything from one person and not your own parents as much um like there's some parents that you know like i said my dad and my mom made sure i did like music classes and stuff even when my parents separated or whatever um but yeah there's always like there's things that can can be done to where like um their your kids are like socially awkward or whatever 
like once I get my kids, I'm homeschooling them. If I was working a nine to five, yeah, the the homeschool starts when I get home. I'll do whatever I have to do. So um, I know my kids are well off there. Um, and pretty much I'm good at a pretty much every subject there is. So I can yeah, and if we're being honest here, public schools, I mean, you look at how much you actually learn in school. The only subjects you really need to learn was math and obviously English. Like, yeah. maybe history because history is debatable because they they teach you their own version of what history was and even though we know we know that's all bullshit for being honest here too you know yeah their um, version of history is terrible that and they deceptively lie and they're incredibly disingenuous and leave out very valuable pieces of context like the slavery thing they'll conveniently leave out that black people had slaves that everyone had slaves actually they'll right conveniently leave that out which warps the entire way you would think about that because the way they present it is oh it's just, it's just white people had slaves it's just they're just terrible people it's like holy yeah. crap holy the, mother of god the way they make it seem like there's like some white man went to africa and like somehow tricked uh you know uh got like a fishing net and just catch a bunch of black folks over there or whatever mm-hmm. or some of the pro-black folks some of them like to do revisionist history where they mm-hmm. they'll say that um um yeah the slavery in Africa is different to where um to where you still get the work I mean there are some cases of that but it's not mm-hmm. always the case there's a lot of tribe like they'll say that certain tribes were mm-hmm. um they treated you nice and you could work off your debt and then be mm-hmm. married into the tribe and stuff that wasn't all the case a lot of folks like to try to like maybe one tribe did thing and apply it to all tribes. There's tribes that hated each other's guts and try to kill each other. And like, so, you know, you, all of us black folks here were just the ones, I mean, I wasn't there, but like my ancestors oh, yeah. were the ones that got caught, caught <laughs> in the sand here. You know I mean? Um, they got sold, they got bought weapons or whatever and stuff like that. But we, we act like they just like were tricked um, yeah, the whole thing was like there was never any beef uh, with each other, or whatever. Um, I was supposed to go to Kenya, but over a children's book I worked on before, mm-hmm. uh, about to reproduce it pretty soon. Um, but my friend that wrote the story, he went down to Kenya and spent like over a month with the Maasai tribe, right? Mm-hmm. And the Maasai tribe that he stayed with wore all red. I could you not? He said the uh, there was a cow that was missing. And so they all went to go look for this cow and um, turns out the cow was with this other Maasai tribe. Mind you, they're both Maasai tribes, right? The other one mm-hmm. wore all blue and they, um, they were, they were s- like standing row by row, like facing each other, like getting ready to like have like a war with each other. Mm-hmm. And before it happened, it turns out the cow broke its leg or something. And the other tribe was just helping the cow. So they all had a feast, but they like they really were getting ready to the battle with each other and stuff. So they had a celebration, kill the goat, every, like the goats killings, like for celebration and stuff. But you know, th- I'm just getting that there's there's always been beef with like other people or whatever, or within our own groups. Like we can't even stop black people from killing each other here, and you're worried about the yeah. one police officer that made a shot someone that was uh, doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh. The fact that people have to just put their kids through that because of how, like, the, you know, social economic situations they just might be in is just so disgusting. 
you know? And then some people are not even involved to the point where, like, they don't even know what the kids are even learning. They don't even know what the curriculums are, you know? Yeah. That bad. It's crazy, man. Just And then now, like, with how this stuff is manifesting is if you do something good, then you're the criminal. But if the criminal does something good, then they're the actual innocent person. Just even that is crazy, you know? Yeah, like a lot of my teachers, uh, history-wise, mainly when I got into like middle school, mm-hmm. going toward high school, a lot of them started like they started teaching about China, then Mao Zedong. Um, my one of my teachers used to call um the, the one dude that was Democratic or whatever, uh, cast my check or whatever. Um, but you know they made they make communism look good because it's like oh they they ignore. Uh, I mean, they'll give you tidbits where like people pass away or whatever, but they they try to make it like everyone's getting homes, everyone's got access to food and stuff like that, and like it kind of brainwashes you to like think like, okay, well maybe we need, yeah, this sounds good that everyone if everyone has a house or whatever like that, but um, I think the best way to put it where like that's not good is like if you watch the fairy odd parents and Timmy wished everyone was the same. And so everyone was just this gray blob. The world was gray. Um, there was no life. Like we're supposed to be different or whatever. And then, um, but yeah, so, um, but I got out of that. Whereas like, you know, once you start putting more logic to things, you just realize it's just fucking retarded. Yeah, once you start applying like actual real world like experiences and knowledge to a lot, a lot of the stuff, I think people just mindsets just change because what they don't really show you in school is the actual like a lot of their mindset is basically in theory rather than like actual like practicality, you know? Like a lot of things do sound good in theory. They kind of do, but when it comes to reality, it just doesn't always pan out very well. It just doesn't, honestly, you know? Like we also have the thing that you brought up with uh, – it's a valuable story that people need, need to know, which is the whole book uh, raising funds things because, you know, people have been, like, doing – this has been – this there has been this, like, big renaissance in, like, crowdfunding books, actually, and people have not been able to deliver on their books because maybe they have been getting access to money that they just – don't know what to do with they're in over their heads about editors and illustrators and fulfillment and all that stuff and would you actually had some experience with that honestly yeah um i donated to a book i should do a review on it i haven't read it yet but i had it's a person i personally know too that's the funny thing and um i donated to his book and everything and um and then like years later I, I totally forgot about it. I he had a successful Kickstarter. You know, I don't go on Kickstarter every single day, you know what I mean? In like um and this is when I was still in California like I I think I donated to him like maybe like 2013 2014 and then you know, coming into like 2020, I get this uh I get this package it's like I didn't order nothing. I open it, I'll say, oh, I totally forgot about this campaign or whatever. And like, um, like if, if I didn't get that package, I would have never thought about it for the rest of my life. And, um, and, but I'll say to this is like, I, when I donated, it was like, to me, it was still just a good cause to help someone get their book produced. 
I, I'm taking a risk, right? Um, with my disposable income or whatever. And, you know, I, I know there's some other Kickstarters where people didn't get anything and the people just disappeared and not said nothing. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, you just kind of like, it's like the same thing. You, uh, you have people who buy lottery tickets and stuff like that and not win a dime sometimes or whatever, or people go into slots. So I it just, to me, it's more like a gamble, whatever, you know, um, I'm hoping they do good, but you know, once in a while you get a bad egg or whatever. Um, to me, it's, it's those bad eggs that really sour, like the whole crowdfunding experience. You know, one person doesn't fulfill sours so many people about actually fulfilling the campaigns because people think, oh, it's just not going to happen because I backed this guy's book and it, it hasn't come, tr- it hasn't just come to fruition. There's two people on Twitter that I found out today, two years going on running late on getting these books done, actually. Uh, one of them gave an excuse of like, he hit a snag with his fulfillment guy, actually, you know, two years late. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah, I think the problem is, is like people, um, I, the thing is a lot of people get ahead of themselves. I have a friend that's working on his own comic book right now, and I've been trying to help him get it pushed out there or whatever. Um, it, so like the artwork's solid and everything. Um, it's just like, uh, he doesn't have like an audience. So he's just like, even if he did a Kickstarter, like, unless it's like a really popping like ad where people see is just not going to go anywhere. And so I was like, I've been telling him like, okay, you need to start like focusing on like talking to people, broadcasting it out, you know, um, get the word out there. Be like, like he's not going in any comic. He doesn't hang around with other comic book people or nothing like that, you know, and he's trying to like pitch the idea to people who don't read comic books. I was like, that's the worst idea. (laughs) You know, they'll never buy your book, (laughs) you know, um, like the um one of my local comics book shops where they're not no longer there like with my book i there all the time buy from them they put my book in their store um that i illustrated and then um uh, if you're ever in san diego and been to villainous lair you'll know what i'm talking about um and then um because there's so much stuff that goes into a book and he, you said he was trying to get a comic book done right or just a regular yeah like yeah he got he's trying to get a comic book done he's uh he got three issues yeah. well he's working on the third issue um the first two kind of like he um are like on the amazon print on demand type of thing but you know of course like no one knows about it so who's going to buy about it you know what i mean and even if it's like the amazon print on man paper or whatever no one knows that you exist so um yeah that's the thing is when it comes to like these print on demand things, which I think is the more cost effective route, if you don't have the funds for it, it's you gotta always promote and promote and promote. And social media promoting is it's not that it's hard, it's just really grindy to to try and get traction for anything, man. It's freaking ridiculous. Well, here's the funny thing the same friend makes his time doing TikToks and stuff. So he has time to like promote the book or whatever. He just doesn't like I, I give him the advice or whatever. So I mean, I'm trying to coach him the right way, but um, like I said, it's just you you can't just produce a book and like not try to like get the word out there. Or you can't then you also too uh, I'll speak on this because you got like a lot of like smaller creators 
trying to rely on someone bigger than them to promote for them no one's obligated to promote for you like we had that well, one guy trying to like beg eric uh july for uh promo oh, yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. you know no one's obligated to promote for you you need to do that stuff yourself if anyone's listening um and you know people that that in that same vein will be like but i've been doing it for like 10 years okay good now you got to do 10 more like what the, the, there's no end date to this you know there's no x there's no certain number of years where if you do it enough then it's supposed to just come together at the right minute like no dude i've been i've been doing this for eight years myself i'm i'm basically gonna be a decade come 2025 you know you know, yeah. we had we had we had some setbacks, and I I mar- I'm I'm pretty trash at marketing. I'm getting honest here. I'm I'm pretty bad at it. But it's just it all comes to the territory. You know, I know, I know we had the conversation on uh, Tuesday's big showdown, which you guys should check out. Obviously, we're here every single Tuesday, honestly. And it's this weird thing that people don't understand. Like, so let's say you started your channel and you started getting back into posting content more, just because you p- appear on Tuesday and like Saturday show. That doesn't automatically mean that you're just going to get an abundance of subs, even if I grew massively on here, right? Or yeah. if if you were featured, or if me and you did like a YouTube video randomly together, and I put your link in the description box below, that's not going to automatically guarantee people are just going to sub. You hope that people would. That's kind of just up to the audience at that point. But people need to understand these really. It's really cringe sometimes that people keep saying like, "Oh, just give me a random shout out." Yeah, a random shout out at the beginning part of your video where the crucial part of the first part of your video is to grab an odd is to get people's attention. It's like, no, man, people are so their mindsets on it's so wrong. Like I couldn't have heard such terrible takes that people were giving out. People were just giving out bad takes based yeah. off this like promotional bullshit. Um, yeah, it was because like it's because they, they don't want to put in the work themselves and just not saying it won't happen, uh, but like you gotta like s- put some effort into it. Um, most of my likes, uh, most of like you know, I created my YouTube channel back in 2015. So like the character you're looking at on the screen, I drew mm-hmm. that. I first drew it on paper, then colored it on Photoshop, or whatever. Um, back mm-hmm. in 2015, and I created the YouTube channel, but I didn't make no videos until last year. October for the uh first air uh Ripperverse book, the ISOM one. And then um I'm now at 41. Um uh, I think but really it's just been consistency, really just okay. Mm-hmm. Um put in my topics, my hashtags or whatever. Um just start making videos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um honestly, so I'm working my way up. I mean, I haven't been putting that many videos out, but mm-hmm. um I'm changing. Actually, I'm changing my whole setup to where, like, I can at least do at least one video or a couple videos a week, or whatnot, and then um go from there. And I, I just don't get it that people don't understand these sort of concepts. Now, I could understand this if people didn't know that their first creative endeavor is more than what is out there, because people like to see the end result of something but they don't understand what goes into that end result, you know? So Eric's a good example of that. People look at the end result of Eric having this big YouTube channel with this big massive live chat he'll have and all these people that are buying his books, actually. But that took many years to accumulate. 
You know, yeah, you can look at Nerdwanic, Geeks and Gamers, Ryan, any bigger person that you watch on YouTube, any bigger content creator ever, not just Eric, anybody you watch. People love looking at the end result, man, but they don't ever understand what took to get to that end result. You know? Yeah, like uh, he's Eric's been streaming on YouTube for years. Like I started watching him back in like not beneficial to stream on YouTube. He was doing yeah, yeah. I was I was watching him back in like 2013 or whatnot. Mm -hmm. It was like, um, I was still. I'm usually out of the loop on like all the modern Mm -hmm. movies because it's like, I think what was the last? Um, you said Black Panther was the last one you watched. Yeah, but before even Black Panther came out, it was um one of the X-Men movies just pissed me off. So it was kind of like, yeah, that kind of uh <laughs> was it the apocalypse one? I don't remember. It's mm-hmm. just um it's just in general, like when you grew up like on the X-Men and like uh yeah, like my older brother and his friend is his friend used to collect the comics, and that's how I got into comics when I was younger. It was like they were collecting all the X-Men comics and everything and but you know you grew up seeing them in the suits and stuff and then like i i remember i kind of liked the first x-men movie but at the same uh-huh. time it was like i wish they were in like their traditional uniforms or yeah or whatever yeah like that's all I, that's the most thing i wish for and then i watched the spider-man movies i like those but uh-huh. then there was like certain things that would piss me off like uh i love toby mcguire and everything but like when he's per- shooting webs just out of the palm of his hands instead of like <laughs> making the uh, ma- per- do, uh, having the technology to make the web thing on, on his own. Um, so like it's not organic or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was like stuff like that where it was like, and then so I think after the uh, who was the guy who was the second Spider Man? I forget his name. Um, Andrew Garfield or something. Yeah. And yeah, so after him, I just kind of like started not really being that much interested in the movies as much. I just mm-hmm. I'll stick to the comics and like maybe the cart, the animated shows and stuff like that. <laughs> and so, and then so that's pretty much been my route with the movies per se. Is I just yeah. stay for like the animated stuff. Um, when I worked at the video game studio, we mm-hmm. did all go see um, the Wonder Woman movie. Like we all took the day off to go see it, and then um, well, my I think you said you liked that one. You thought it was all right. I thought it was all right. Um, hmm. my only, pr- I I know this might sound nitpicky, but I was like, she's smashing through buildings and stuff, and like there's like no scratches or nothing. Everything's <laughs> just perfectly clean. Um, uh, that was my uh disagreement with the movie. Hmm. Um, well, I like that one. Yeah, it's weird, uh, you know, because you 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 didn't like the Black Panther movie. Like when it came no, out, I, I hated it. Yeah, I hated that movie. Um, I know my friends like, oh, please don't say that around my son. And I was like, I'll, I'll promise. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just I they kind of just ruined the Black Panther for me. Um, so like the whole heart shaped herb were like originally Black Panther is like he's kind of like a Batman type of character. He's just like super rich, but like. He still kind of have like the athleticism of like a, a cat like uh character or whatever, but it was like he knew like all these different martial arts, so that's why he was good at fighting. Um, he was kind of like a character where he's like 10 steps of whoever he's facing against, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you read the scroll and like you know, he thinking Black Panther's being like killed or whatever, turns out it wasn't him, it was one of the scroll 
the whole time. <laughs> like the whole thing is like he's always like 10, 15 steps ahead of the other person that he's facing. And that was like, and he's using his wit as much. Um then uh Killmonger um is it's just like stop listening to these actors for role like you're you're an actor you shouldn't always have a say in what the character is supposed to be like you need to act as the character is so like i like vachita like no everybody else but like i don't want to see the vachita uh suit in the black panther uh movie or whatever and then um then um then like they change the scenery from like what was it they change everything to oakland or whatever um uh sherry had too much screen time for me or whatever um they they relied too much on the herb and uh, it's just oh uh, don't like i didn't hate it as much as you did the problem that i had with it was like you know he falls off that waterfall (laughs) well (laughs) i think the most insulting thing is they kill off the claw that that was like so I'm not the biggest guy on Black Panther lore. He he's a character that I'll be getting into by buying stuff for. I heard people did not like that they killed off Claw like that because isn't the Claw supposed to be one of his most his more prominent villains actually? Yeah, more than Killmonger is, and um, like the fact that they killed him off like that, it, it just pisses you off. And like just thinking about it is just like they made him like a joke of a character, um. I mean, he's not as complete as a joke as I did, but to uh, Modoc, that other movie, whatever. <laughs> it just, oh man, it's just, uh, it was just disappointing. I, like I felt like uh, the directors just wanted to, like, instead of just being a superhero movie that was Black Panther and just happened to take place in Africa or whatever, they wanted to make it like the, um, they just. Like instead of focusing on like him being a superhero, they wanted to make mm-hmm. it the most black thing there is. Um, I don't mm-hmm. want to go to no movie theaters and seeing you doing some West African dance and shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't want to go there and all of a sudden you don't you don't wear daishikis any other time of the year and decide to wear daishikis for this movie and shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My thing was how does like how do they how does he survive falling off a waterfall going downward? Where he would hit his head, yeah, right. In a rated R movie, that happens. You're dead. You're like you're like fucking fucking fried. I I just found that so odd, you know. Well, and like think- if it was in the comics, he would have probably like mm-hmm. had some way to kind of like something to help him land or whatever. Um, it was just really like- weird because people were hyping up the Black Panther movie to the point where it's like as good as the Dark Knight, and I was like, okay, guys, stop it. No, That's crazy. Um. Like, and I'm not a big graphics person, so I know some people complain about like the CGI. They were bad. Stuff. They were bad. Yeah. Yeah, they were bad. But like, that's not why. I, like, I could notice them. Like, I survived watching uh, Berserk 2016. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I told people like, if I see bad bad CGI, I, I only really bring it up if it's a if it's I I feel like it's an actual problem. Like. Troll and Thunders is a really big example. Like, that is where I'm like, okay, I gotta draw a line here. This looks really bad, you know? I because people but the, the Brahamian with Black Panther when it dropped was people were like afraid to give their actual opinions on the movie because they were afraid of being called racist. And they just honed in on this narrative of just having bad CGI because they couldn't go into like other points because 
they were afraid of the audience. And that's what happened with the audience, man, on YouTube when it came to movie reviews, which was the audience expected like this person to just have the same opinions that they do. So they started creating their opinions to what the audience may enjoy, what the audience may like, actually. That, that's why movie reviews are so hard on YouTube, because like, let's say if we watch the same movie the same day, same time, and people expect the reviewer to have the same opinions or like the movie or dislike the movie the same way, it creates this weird, like, yeah. I don't know. What they should have done is, um, and I understand why they did the CGI because the they had the glowing suit and all that type of stuff. Like, I think yeah. they should have got rid of that glowing suit. They should just did a traditional superhero suit of the Black mm -hmm. Panther for him. Um, then instead of having a CGI fight, if they really actually knew the character, they could have got someone that done like knows like African martial arts or something like that. That like um, because they could have done like Cabueta. Lom, which is mm. Senegalese uh, wrestling. Uh, yeah. You got Testa, which is Eritrean headbutting. Um, they could have done that instead. Um, they focused too much on like so much like the cinematics of views of things. Black Panther is not a character where he's like Superman and needs glowing lasers or nothing like that. <laughs> they could have just choreographed like good fight scenes or something like that. Um, you know, that's what I think they should have done for like all the fight scenes in there. Mm -hmm. Like got like you, that's not a movie you really needed CGI for. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe for like, you know, the city or whatever. But other than that, when it's like the actual characters up, up and close, mm -hmm. you could have just done like some good fight scenes. Like um, I, I'll give you an example. If you ever seen a movie from Brazil called Basuro. No, I don't think um, I have. it's a, it's a Capoeira movie based on like this legend of this um uh capoeira master uh the descendants it's almost a true story but like that one's really well done they hired the pe people who did help to like the crouching tiger do the choreography and everything and um i don't recommend it in english i know netflix called it beetle uh just watch it in portuguese and do the subtitles it's you know it's crazy man is when people compared that movie to the dark knight and they had all this crit because people always mention how like rotten tomatoes changed how they utilize their reviews based on captain marvel a lot of people really switched up when it came to black panther now you have people saying oh yeah i never really thought it was that good and i you know held back how i felt but it's like how can the audience trust you're saying your opinion is legit though you know like this is what people have to stop being scared of their audience big or small say how you feel and i i promise people guaranteed you will earn people's respect much better doing that guarantee it because no one likes a liar you know people will yeah. say they do no no it, it people will inherently respect you more long term if you are telling the truth now the thing that people need to understand is like uh, everyone's been created into this mindset of like oh well, people, people can't handle the truth even if that's true that's something that you need you yourself can't abide by if you're doing like reviews or podcasts because if you're not telling the truth and people find out you're not telling the truth and you're holding back why should should they even bother caring about anything you have to say because if, you, if you'll lie about a movie opinion which has no bearing on nothing you'll just lie about anything at that point yeah, would you i'm not? real picky who i look at uh people's reviews on certain things like 
for entertainment mediums for both movies and games. Um, uh, that's because, uh, you know, I used to read Game Informer and all those, but like back in like the PS2 days, one of my favorite series is uh, Daw Hack. Um, and like I got the first four games, well, I got the first five games on PS2 still. And oh, I'm running to the bathroom real quick, but you keep talking. I, I can still hear you. All right, no worries. Um, but yeah, so the first four Daw Hack games are like. Um, well, if you're familiar with there's an anime called Die Hack Sign, it's a one of Bandai's properties where it's like a multimedia company. I mean, um, a multi is basically it's, it's a franchise, it was like multi, um, how's it to say the word? Basically, to get the story, you have to like read the manga, play the games, watch the anime, read the books, um. And just to even get what the where the story's going, um, what's to me one of the best series ever, and the games at the time like you can't PS2 games like for the size of the disc you couldn't fit everything in the um on one disc so they split the game into four separate discs and released it like a yearly release, and so the reviews was like the first game got like really high reviews. Uh, second game the reviews got lower because they're like well this is this is the same game as the last time there's nothing innovative or whatever right same gameplay style then the third the third game came out oh this is the same as the first two games well like what's the point and then so they kept so eventually got to like they gave the ratings like for the fourth game they gave the rating like a three out of ten all because it was like but if you play the game, you know you can't fit the whole game on one disc. They had to split mm-hmm. it up in four discs. I got I got more hours than that, just as much as like people got in like World of Warcraft or something like that. Because I used to collect all the items. Like I was collecting everything in the games and everything. Um, I have the, the books. Like I try to collect every weapon. I never got changed everything. But it's a memo RPG game. Well, it's it's an RPG game where you're mm-hmm. inside an MMORPG, which is crazy. And you know what's really odd, man, is so much of this entertainment is I, – I know people had this weird mindset when it came to uh, the writer strike where they were saying, like, um, things are going to get better when, they, when the strike's over. It's like, I don't think so. I'm not – things just don't change like that overnight, you know? I mean, unless yeah. the money gets so bad, then maybe – possibly but i don't think these people really honestly think it's bad it's literally that doll with the fire this is fine that's literally them they yeah, actually yeah. think it's not bad actually that bad well some of the things they're asking for is just kind of ridiculous so it's like mm-hmm. um what they're asking re- like some of the series like if you ain't the predominant writer i don't really see you getting residuals yeah. uh ever like um then it was like, what was some of the other things? Like, basically, they want to guarantee they're not getting fired or laid off or all this other nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, if I think they should, um, like, I'm not for unions at all, so I think they should uh, just mm-hmm. get rid of them completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I mean, if I was there, I would just fire them, hire new writers. Like, it's not like these guys are producing anything written good in any while. Like, there's so many other writers out there. Complete trash. Like, this is so bad. Yeah. Like, what was it? 
like the only one that I think might have some effective usage potentially, maybe and this is me hoping, is the one that the VFX artists might be doing. But people don't understand, like the unions knew all this shit was going on and they don't do anything. They just don't do anything. And they're the actors are paying like all their hard-earned money essentially to these people, a lot of paying taxes that I mean live in like LA and stuff like that. It's such a shit system, man. I, uh, and they're told they have to buy into it because it's protecting them and all this nonsense. Uh, I hate it. So disgustingly bad, man. I almost got sag certified. I'm glad I didn't. It was because, like, I done a pilot with a friend. I think he's <laughs> watching the stream right now. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, he did. Um, it it was a pilot for. It was going to be a, a slasher film. Um, basically, where um what was it this missionary's family goes to africa whatever and then like um uh then these african warlords kill the whole family and keep the two twins like the, the brother and sister and they're white right and they train these white kids to hate white people and when they, they grow up and go older they go to like europe and americas and stuff and just they're white that hate white people and start killing other white people or whatever but like a slasher film Kind of like a little funny thing or whatever. Um, but yeah, so from that, I was... Because uh, the way they make it seem like is like, okay, if you get SAG certified, it helps you get other thing, uh, other things or whatever. It is basically just kind of like monopolized getting work or whatever and stop you from negotiating your own contracts and stuff. Um, I'm glad I didn't and, um, and like um, didn't do that at all or whatnot. Because people got to understand the whole thing when it comes to like streaming and all that stuff. I, hopefully these actors understand just how much these studios were lying to them about numbers and so much money they were actually making off streaming, you know, because people just don't understand anything. And then when they get shown information, they act like that the end result is exactly what's been going on the whole time, which is clearly not true, you know, and like, we know they're going to be making some adjustments, but I am holding my judgment that they'll be actually changing anything regarding what's been going on. I mean, as we're doing this episode right now, the Marvels, right? right. Marvels is tracking to be like the worst opening, box was opening for the MCU ever, and one of the lowest grossing MCU movies ever. It's tracking like historically really bad accolades, you know? And the MCU's been. Oh, it's, it's been bad ever since, you know, Endgame. It's been bad since then. I mean, you... Yeah, it's DCU like you can't really get then. interested in any of these mo movies they're producing. Like, mm -hmm. like, like I said, I'm not really a graphics person, but when you see how MODOK looks, like, just <laughs> that one scene alone, I was like, the hell is this? And then plus, you always have the overstrong female character the males are like the side lying characters or whatever it's yeah, not the whole girl boxing yeah yeah like okay if you did like one movie like that and maybe okay but like if every single movie and show mm -hmm. is like that where um oh just because the patriarchy um i uh i have it harder than like the hulk like the hulk is one of my favorite characters and like they put him like the shell of a man that's wimbling to this, like, uh, doing meditation. Like, I hate the uh, what was it, She Hulk or whatever. And she's talking about 
her pressures of trying to keep herself as a woman with cat calling and all that type of stuff hmm. like that's so hard compared to being a man or whatever and like and that's how she knows how to control her emotions like man fuck that shit like i like i'm not interested in watching that and then like um she's um i don't know it's just like all, all everything's just been shit the mary sue stuff going on with uh, uh daisy ripley or whatever for the um um uh, star wars what well, disney star wars or everything like the whole meme of like uh put a chicken in and make her gay and lame or whatever is basically that's all they do that's been the thing for a while and they wonder why people don't want to go watch their products now i mean you could look at this earlier um movies that i've did that and they bombed i don't know why people just looked at that and went we're gonna go all in on that style like the 2016 ghostbusters movies race what gender swapped all those characters and that failed remember the men in black international one with chris hemsworth and uh yeah i saw i saw that one uh, a friend of mine made me come to that one uh, um yeah that one i hated it it was just the um they actually legitimately put a chick in it made her lame and gay yeah actually what happened yeah (laughs) oh my god i can't believe they all end on that style when it was clearly shown then it wasn't working from those examples right if the charlie's yeah. angels one that didn't that, that, that didn't work either that was because of gender swaps not because that movie was just by all accounts pretty bad and it failed like they had examples of this stuff not working so when people say this is a recent thing no there was examples of this not working clearly and they kept doing it you know so when people are going to say things like, oh, maybe the writer's strike will maybe hopefully change something. I hope it changes things. I hope. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not because these people's egos are literally through the roof and they'll never actually learn anything unless it's knocking at their doorstep. Their doorstep. Hey, you need to change things, you know? Uh, I think you need to read Rumble real quick. Oh, oh, thank you, Iron Oxide. Thank you, thank you. I mean, I'm only... I mean, I am one fourth white, so it's okay, Iron Oxide. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Iron Oxide. Uh, at the time of me doing this Iron Man Pockets episode, we just did a video talking about a DC Comics idea that is pretty. It's not that it's stupid; it's has merits, but it's overall stupid. He says, "Uh, stop being black, you two. Well, actually, uh, I am white, so that doesn't count. But thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. As you guys know." Uh, on Rumble, I've been essentially streaming, you know, seven days a week. You know, there's lead streams, there's podcasts. We're gonna, there's pre-recorded videos coming out. Uh, basically, I'm gonna dump all my uh, pre-recorded videos on um Rumble very very soon. It's just gonna take a little bit of time to do, but pre-recorded content, you know, will be here. Uh, some some awesome banger videos coming up. And uh, thank you, Noxie. Thank you, thank you. I'll make sure to have you uh, eat my ass. After that, you know, the payback. <laughs> oh, that just means in this case needs to try a quarter harder. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, do I just start saying the N-word now? Holy crap, I'm not that but, black. But speaking of like black and everything, I <laughs> think they should introduce like racism in movies just to be funny. Um don't they well, do like slave movies, technically. Well, maybe like Django or something, but like Okay, for instance, I was watching Weeds and Waifu last um, uh, yesterday, 
And I totally forgot about the scene in Dragon Ball Z is when uh, Bulma sees uh, Mr. Popo for the first time. It's the funniest <laughs> clip ever where he pops up at, they're at uh, Master Roshi's house and mm. he pops up in the window and she turns around and just stares at him like and freaked out because that's the first time she's seen Mr. Popo. And everyone's like, what's wrong? He just creeps me out and it's always staring at like directly in his face where you just see his eyes and the 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 racial lips drawn and everything. And um yeah, just like it uh we should play that clip if you have it or if you can pull it up or whatever. That'd be that's that one's oh just my absolutely God. hilarious. Or uh and, remember in BBC Kai the name of blue. Yeah. Um or like even the um or like what was it? Uh, ghost stories. I, mm-hmm. I, I, we, I rewatched that so many times. I probably seen ghost stories probably like uh, 500 times. Mm-hmm. It's just hilarious. I put it on the background sometimes when I'm doing other work. And, um, it's not because you're a rabbit, it's because you're black or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, um, if you watch Sim Cham, I know oh, I'm, I'm bringing up a bunch of anime or whatever, but That's there's fine. a, uh, the allowance uh, episode of Sin Cham, where it's like, mm-hmm. um, one of the kids talks about he gets allowance, and then the other kid's like, "What mm-hmm. are your doctors, lawyers? Are are your parents doctors, lawyers, or Jews?" <laughs> that shit is hilarious. Uh, Blazing Saddles oh, is hilarious. Um, Undercover Brother, like just have fun with it. Just, um, I mean, that's how we end racism or whatever to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think you'll completely in racism but i just think if you can laugh things off like who cares um, <laughs> uh I, I feel like that, that is a good idea but that's never happened who knows people just won't do it you know people are absolutely just uh yeah yeah i i wish people would understand certain things and certain um content is trying to drive home not necessarily a point but it's I feel like people always generally tend to overreact at certain things that aren't what they're actually projecting onto it. If that makes sense, right? So yeah. if something's like a joke, but it's racist, but it's like it's in a comedy movie, people will overreact even though they know the environment isn't a comedy movie, you know? And it's like, what's wrong with you? That's a comedy, like, dude, that's been that's a genre that's gone to the actual toilet. People say the rom-coms have. I mean, rom-coms and comedies have just been in the straight-up gutter, for being honest here. I mean, um, I like rom-coms as animes and certain ones. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it depends. Well, actually, I think the Koreans do rom-coms, right? I watch some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'll, I watch a lot of Asian films. Like, one of my favorite rom-com... I, I, I don't even know if it's trying to be comedy, but I think it's funny, is... um. I'm a robot and so are you or something like that. And it's about this chick that like, she thinks she's a robot. She's working at like a clock factory and she's like, I'm not at my full potential. So what she decides to do is she cuts a slit in her arm and tries to charge herself by putting the two wires in herself to like charge herself up. So she gets sent to like a mental institution where all of these, uh, everyone got like <laughs> these weird quirks. So, but the love story is like the guy that loves her, he thinks he's a rabbit and wears his rabbit mask, but she's in the, they're trying to like talk to the soda machine mm-hmm. and 
like, hey, Mr. Soda Machine or, or whatever. And he secretly is like next to the soda machine, putting quarters and stuff in and pressing <laughs> buttons. And then she thinks the soda machine's talking to her. But like he's he doesn't say a word at all. He's like trying to get at her, but like nothing's working. <laughs> and then like but everyone there got like some type of weird issue quirk or whatever uh, it's a uh, like super hilarious oh my god and the uh other thing i wanted to ask you the last thing we'll bring up before we uh end the show in a little bit which is uh the ripperverse air july so what well, it actually started because we'll start with this one before that one the ryan kennel uh selfie you posted oh yeah, got yeah, yeah. so much traction that that probably yeah. is your highest viewed tweet Ever. It is. I, I just recently <laughs> got my blue check mark. Um, yeah, yeah, same they, here. Yeah. It takes a while for that thing to come in. And people keep saying, oh, well, you paid for Twitter. I mean, later on, if I get enough followers and my tweets pick up and be like a lot more bangers than I like they are, I'll start getting paid through Twitter. Did you see I'll my other post with uh, Ryan Kettle? I did for Ryan Kettle. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, well, so that's why. So I did this other post and it was getting traction too. So I was like, Shit, maybe I should just monet try to see if I get monetized. And then I didn't figure out you need like 500 followers or whatever. So I'm like almost halfway. There. Oh, I'm more than halfway there. Um, but yeah, but like yeah. So that one, I just knew people. Uh, so this was at the Orlando meetup, and so you know I got to meet everyone. I was just like, man, I gotta uh meet Ryan Kennel and like take a picture with him. And then so like Ryan, he like. It, that dude is busy the whole entire making sure everything's running right. He's running the giveaways, making sure every booth and stuff at the event was running smooth. So we're being kicked out of the uh, the event, and then we're all going to meet up at um um the city uh, Universal City Walk. So I was like, I ran up to Ryan, and this was no, well, okay, let me take that back. This all starts from the um his Batman review, right? And people were hating on him. So this all started because, like, you got all these people like, man, fuck Ryan Kennel and all this type of stuff on Twitter. And I responded to one guy and I said, um, well, Ryan Kennel's my nigga. And they're like, well, I can't believe you, Uncle Tom or whatever, all that type of nonsense. And then um, so that post blew up, but not that much. But, like, I mean, it blew up a bit, but... um when I so when eventually I saw Ryan, I knew I I even told him like, look, I'm gonna post take a, can you take a picture with me and I'm gonna type this. I already know it's gonna blow up and like and sure enough it did. Like I got all kinds of like hate, love and all whatever at the same time. I just thought it was all funny and um uh I mean it's still my pinned comic on my uh YouTube uh I mean my Twitter account or whatever X and um but yeah so that just blew up and then um right after that too i just like and then that's when we inter you interviewed me the first time and then that is i guess that's when things kicked off pretty much yeah it's crazy because i saw that tweet and i i had seen that uh right ryan kennel clip and what's crazy is that dude people are just so dumb he literally gave the movie a positive rating i i, I don't give movies ratings anymore but he gave it an eight out of ten but yeah. all they latch on is to like that thing that he said and it's like guys uh, yeah, they, he gave it a higher people. review than i would have gave it mm -hmm. like just the way they they made commissioner gordon black i would that really took me like okay i'm definitely not seeing this movie he went to go see it like he's blacker than me in that sense <laughs>
but um just but yeah that got so but like man, got so fucking triggered over a goddamn movie opinion and, yeah. and these are apparently are people that they don't even like I find that weird, dude. These are people that apparently these guys don't even like, but they put so much credence into their movie opinions. Any any opinion they have on anything. People put so much effort and time into their opinions, and these are people they don't like. I find that very hard to believe. Yeah, dude, don't you find that weird, man? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Oh, that's a fucking smoking crack or something. <laughs> well, that's why I say on all the Tuesday streams is like, mm-hmm. um, because people think like the hate for the Ripperverse and stuff is like a brand new thing. They've been hating on him like way, yeah, way before. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like how many times we've seen organized chaos try mm-hmm. to get on the uh, the, have a debate with Eric's a bunch of times, or uh, Vito even came on the uh, Eric's stream one time, like trying to talk to him about stuff or whatever. And then, like, uh, I remember Eric like muted him trying to like trying to promote his book or whatever that's still never out and that and uh, Harris you know the funny thing about that too is that um Pito's book was he was trying to advertise it and still Eric didn't even have a thought of the his comic book yet and still beat him to having a book produced that's the funny thing and dude I I I tell you this too and I tell everyone this I still buy the modern stuff you know I'll still buy my 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 uh, Marvel my my DC books and stuff. I the characters you know I have on my my pull list that I want to pull. Like on League of Comics, he's that website that I that I really like. I can just put the book in that I have for my wish list. Maybe see if I'll pick it up that week, or I'll go and just buy back issues. I just bought a back issue of um, Batman Prey, The Legends of the Dark Knight. I just bought that. I'm gonna buy Batman the Cult. Uh, that that's an old, uh, very great, really good Batman story trade paperback. Really, really awesome story there. I mean, and it's yeah. having like Eric's Ripperverse. You know what's awesome is I can have my my Marvel DC and whatever stuff, but I can also have this too. Because I'm a person where it's like when you know, big corporates are doing their own thing, but if this guy's doing his own thing and I like what he's doing, I'm going to support that too. Because, dude, people will always say, why, don't, why, why doesn't someone else come up and try something? Like it's always Star Wars, Marvel, and DC people, right? for the most part, right? Or like Lord of the Rings and all that stuff there. People are always saying things like, oh, "What's something? What's something else would be here?" Like, I wish someone else would try and compete with these guys too. If you look at it from a comic book sense, I'm not saying he is competing on that level per se, but having another comic book company to be excited for, another set of characters, new stories, uh, creators that got disrespected from the mainstream coming over here and creating this stuff—that's exciting, though. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it was like, um like um i what was it i think the last things on my uh order uh pool list was uh i told you which was uh wonder woman conan and wonder woman because conan's one of my favorite characters um so it was that and then i did have some black panthers but then i dropped the black panthers when they started doing the wakanda forever and the galaxy and space shit and then um and yeah so that was those were the last two things on my pool list and I just haven't went back. So, like for me now, it's like okay, I'll, I'm I'm pretty much all in on Iron Age if I'm not buying manga, pretty much. And so, um, like I just I I bought all four books for uh, all four covers for, um, I think I got every cover for Ripperverse besides the um the Ultramax tier, and then um whatever one that one is. 
uh i'm waiting i'm saving up for yara because i want to make sure i get the cards that come out for that one um i also want to start buying Cyberfrog. i'm waiting for uh ethan's what was it um rainbow the brute uh, that one was interesting to me um i know they got their little thing going on but i'm still there to support or whatever um and there's some other ones i'm willing to go spend money on and stuff like that too sorry let's count my rent money making sure i had it all there so it was the another thing that you know i told you i'm probably not gonna buy every book but it just depends honestly i'm not that interested potentially in goodying but i i just talked to mike baron and <laughs> my baron is really awesome so i would just support it just because i just like him as a person honestly and if i read it and i enjoy it i'll take it actually you know it's yeah they're doing alpha core i mean you had i i saw one two alpha core you have now yaira coming up i remember when he dropped the first trailer for his company and i saw one campaign i mean people it this hit hard because i saw number one came out in 2021 people forget get that People thought, yeah. you actually think I Number One came out this year? No, 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 guys. I Number One came out in 2021. This company's only been around for like two years. You mean 2022? Like, right, it was 2022 or 2021? No, it'd be 2022 because let yeah, because last year, um, I did my review of the book before I went to the Orlando meetup. Um, yeah, so I Number One came out in 2021. Am I right? I think so. Yeah. No, the campaign started in 2021. Well, no, you know, I think it was like in December. He he talked about it. I think the January or February he launched it in 2022 Maybe. for the it's campaign. Weird. Yeah. Um, uh. <laughs> like it's it's been less than um been honestly it's been less than years. like a whole year. Yeah, it's not even like a whole two years for him to have yeah, these three books. And I mean, he's getting out his books faster than a lot of people. You never have to worry about your book coming in late, you know. And yeah, I, I, I like his. Them, uh, I haven't read them yet, but I I just found them, and I'm I'm gonna read them. Like it's just been very busy, man. As you know, podcast work, content. Oh, um, it's just so much, you know. I I I basically just have to take a chill day and just read them and get the reviews out. That's all I gotta do because I really want to be ready to have my review ready ready for like Alpha Core. I want to be all caught up and yeah. uh, make sure when that book comes, I can just get out and read it you know i did do my i did two reviews i did a non-spoiler review and then i did mm -hmm. a spoiler review um mm -hmm. i'll tell you what my favorite uh i know that's the meme what's your favorite part mm -hmm. is isom um my favorite part really is um the intro it's the i wouldn't say say the as a, a single single part itself it's more like the introduction into like certain characters so me i'm excited for norfrica more than any other character in the in the series um i listen to heavy metal i go to concerts all the time um i like the concept of like a norse god and like um and like some african god coming together to just make music or whatever and i'm sure you know they got powers or whatever um i that's what i'm more that's my favorite part really is I seen I some one was more of um I like the story. It was it was mainly like introduction, introducing like the characters into like this whole universe or whatever. Uh so I saw I Som's story himself as more like um not necessarily a long story, but like the the way it flashes to the other characters, it where it's like, okay, 
it brings a mysterious thing is like okay who are these other people in the city and i think that's what the first issue did for me to where it's like okay um like some people a lot of people love yara first i like yara too but i was i was more interested in uh norfica and that was really my favorite part was like um really the mystery into like these other characters that are in the book it's also really interesting that this is a new company everyone that he started his own money because the arguments were really really stupid they're like oh if you don't like what the, what's going on right now you could literally just go do your own thing yeah <laughs> remember that was the original thing they said originally it was if you don't like it make your own literally the first then, thing then they were like um well you what was uh buckster baxter was like well you don't know everything about isom or whatever right like, it's like only on two issues that, man yeah like <laughs> i don't want to know like okay uh, um like when i read berserk right mm -hmm. you don't the first thing you when you get from berserk is use this uh first page spoilers if you never read berserk is mm -hmm. he's raping this uh this demon or whatever <laughs> and right and you just see this badass dude with his big ass sword or whatever you don't know his whole backstory right from the get-go Mm -hmm. But like intrigues you to like, okay, I got to keep reading to find out more. And to me, like Berserk's one of the greatest stories ever written. Um, you watch uh, Fist of the North Star, read the manga of that. You don't even get, you don't know everything that happened. You just know it's this post-apocalyptic mm -hmm. uh, Mad Max world. And this guy is just knows every pressure point in the body and killing people mm -hmm. or whatever. And like, you don't get the backstory till like way later as you're reading like given a like it doesn't um so the whole argument is like you have to know all his powers and stuff that's Dude, bullshit let's look at a popular anime and everyone's gonna under, understand this argument that i'm gonna bring up naruto naruto within like episode first two episodes introduces quite a bit of characters back screen off screen you don't know nothing about them episode yeah. two three or you know when they're setting up the teams you don't know anything about Shikamaru, Shino, Hanada, Kakashi, Sakura. It happens. This is literally, these people say they like anime, but I know they don't because they're lying sacks of shit. Anime literally does this all the time. Yeah. Um. Another favorite series of mine, Helsing, right? Um, yeah. Does like, that. You don't find out till uh, who the uh, Hel uh, car really is towards the end of the series. Mm -hmm. um i mean i don't know uh i can i can spoil it if you want but whatever <laughs> so uh, yeah um, I, I do have intentions of actually watching helsing i i mean i heard uh, nothing but good things about it honestly i've seen parts of it at a friend's house it was out of context so it obviously can't grab my attention then, okay actually. which one helsing ultimate or just helsing the one tsunami would always play okay uh helsing i'm pretty sure it was just a regular helsing okay he had the reddish so, hair um okay Okay, so the police girl, this was her hair orange or or yeah. more yellow. Okay, well, I'll I'll give it to you like this. Mm -hmm. uh, both series are good. Helsing itself, imagine an anime series where um they got too far ahead and they didn't uh the book wasn't even caught up that far. So they made up their own ending and stuff to it, right? So that's the hell it, it mind you, it's still good. The um helsing ultimate is they finally finished the manga and the um helsing ultimate follows the manga completely mm -hmm. that's the best way i can explain it 
That's so good. Like, yeah, so like the, that. the ending in regular Helsing is mm-hmm. going to be different than Helsing Ultimate because they there wasn't an ending in the manga, so they just made up their own. <laughs> it, it's really crazy now that we have all this stuff happening. The Riververse is great. You know, can't wait to get hands on. I mean, if the Yara cover A is looking that fire. Shoot, just you know imagine what, what the other ones are going to look like. It's crazy. They, sh- they, they should do uh, Hamster Core. I'll be interested in that. Oh, no. That, yeah. Oh, well, Bleach had that. Remember Bleach had those little, they came from the Bound Arc, those little dolls that were well, you got, or whatever. Uh, they should try that, got, honestly. Yeah, Crypto Dog, uh, Dino Mutt, yeah. or whatever. Like Cones just, from Bleach yeah, was a thing. Like, yeah, you could do like, yeah. a, a, like a kid series of just uh, Hamster Core or something. I don't know. Uh, Eric, if you're listening, uh, take that idea in. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because looking at like what people that's why i said you know detractors are I, I i just yell at them and are not yell quote unquote but i just i, I don't even attack them i just banter back and forth because it's just entertaining to see how dumb people really are and see how like vindictive and how just i don't know envious that people really are you know i mean I used to do that, but at the same time, like I'm one of those people. I'll try to make sure I'm the I have the very last sentence in whatever yeah. argument there is. Mm-hmm. So I'll keep going on forever and mm-hmm. like not be productive of anything else. So I was like, I kind of just like not completely backed away from doing that. But like, if I'm arguing with someone on like uh, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever or Instagram, like I'll I'll I have all day to keep going on forever. And just to make sure I got the last, I typed the last sentence. And uh, that's how petty I am <laughs> with that type of stuff. Because um, some of these guys, they're, they're just so dumb. Like, I, I, I fail to understand how someone can have all these opinions about someone based off comic books, based off material that they never bought themselves. I find that very weird, man. How well, they like would said, criticize someone like Eric for whatever his opinions are on comic books. Just use that one as an example, right? But they wouldn't even buy bought this stuff themselves. That's yeah, crazy. They hated Eric before he even made the book. Uh they same thing. haters from like, from like his music industry days. He had to have had that. Yeah, then uh well he did that too, um with uh backwards and then Mm-hmm. Even uh, these same haters also like they were hating on Ethan Van Skyler because he was like, "Oh, you're you're a Christian white ring or whatever, uh, or, or whatever and stuff like that." And it's like, um, like these these dudes are just like way like they'll do anything just for attention, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like we, I mean, all the um monetize your haters. We've seen all these a lot of these guys mm-hmm. already, um, and is all it boils down to is you don't is like you don't have the right uh, political opinion pretty much and I, I think that's that's pretty much the gist of the whole thing mm-hmm. and uh, a few more things I'll ask you before we wrap it up here I know it's late late for you I gotta get to my next one on one which is um, you got any big plans for your YouTube channel or you know anything yes. coming on 24 um, I'm having I'm starting a new series pretty soon um it's gonna call um pretty much the vagabond seal of approval um which i got that from a, a weebs and waifu stream i i sent a super chat in and i was talking about an anime that they should people should watch so basically i'm starting a series where it's not necessarily a review it's more of a suggestion of here's a show that i believe 
you should watch. Like, I'm not going to spoil anything. Like I said, it's not really a review. Um, and here's why you should watch this. And it's and it's going to be mostly stuff that's not like popularly known or whatever like that. And um, so I think that's kind of something different. And then um, and I got piles of boxes to unbox as well too. Um, that have been sitting here for months and I just haven't got to it. But um, I'm changing my whole setup so I just record like just straight up unboxings completely. All right. And any shout outs you want to give to anyone in particular and anything else you want to see before we head out, actually? Yeah. Um, shout out to Arkasul um, out <laughs> there. Um, met him at the Orlando meetup. Uh, shout out to Ryan Kennel and Geeks and Gamers and uh, Friday Night Tights. And um, uh, another dude I got to hang out with at Dragon Con was uh, Chris Gore. Hung out with him the whole weekend. And that was a blast. And, um, and probably if you're any uh convention in Georgia, you probably see me there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, make sure you guys don't support OnlyFans thoughts. Don't do that. Uh save your money. Uh put it, I don't know. I'd rather you stick it literally up your ass than do anything else, actually. Shoot. I don't know. Like it's up to whatever people's floats their boats, pretty much for those. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was nice to, you know, do this once again. So we'll have a second appearance soon in the future. Actually wanted to make sure I did the re first appearances for people's uh, first shows that I lost with my other, you know, uh, solo podcast that I did. Uh, As you guys know, we are closing in on 200 episodes and we'll have our 200th episode of the Iron Man podcast coming up this Tuesday for Tuesday's big showdown. And I have a name officially for, um, Saturdays, so because I never called Saturday show anything, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna call it this. We're gonna call it Saturday SmackDown. That's what we're gonna call it. Actually, I know people like wrestling. I'm not the hugest wrestling fan, but the names always tend to pretty much resonate with people. But we'll see you guys later. Have a great weekend, everybody.